Hello and welcome. This is Smart Prosperity, the podcast. It's a show about the green economy in Canada, the politics, the business, the technology, and the ideas at the intersection of the environment and the economy. We keep it current with a new episode every two weeks, and we try to make it easy to fit into your day by making every episode 25 minutes or less. I'm your host, Eric Campbell. Welcome to our first show of the year 2021. Oh, a brave new year. And how could we talk about anything else but this brave new year ahead? And so today I've arranged something special. I've asked three people who advise on the content of this podcast regularly. My editorial board, so to speak. People who are in the trenches, who are in the press booth, who are in the boardrooms and working the back channels of the green economy every day of the year and yet have an amazing knack for keeping their eyes on the big picture. I asked each of them to share the top two things that are on their radar for 2021, and each of them has something fascinating to say about what the year has in store. Who are these people I speak of? Mike D'Souza from Global News, Priyanka Lloyd from Green Economy Canada, and Bruce Lowry from the Ivy Foundation. I spoke separately with each of them about what are the big milestones, the big themes we should be watching out for in 2021, what do they mean, why do they matter for the green economy, and all mixed in with some fun predictions and some wild speculation. And on top of that, my colleague Mike Moffat joins us for a special New Year's edition rundown of five other things happening in the green economy this year. Time to sweep aside the cobwebs. Here we go with the first episode of 2021. My first guest is Mike D'Souza. Mike is an award-winning investigative journalist. He was managing editor of the National Observer for several years, where he won acclaim for his work on the Price of Oil series. And he's now a managing editor and producer at Global News. Mike, thanks for being part of our New Year's episode. Thanks for having me, Eric. So, Mike, the the theme, of course, is the year ahead in the green economy. If, If I had to make you choose one thing that's on your radar for 2021, uh, what would you what would you pick? I think I would take electric cars. I, I'm quite fascinated by by a lot of the recent developments in Canada, like including including the major announcement that that Ford is is transforming a bunch of plants in Ontario to build electric cars. Just imagine five ten years ago, uh, what what would you say if someone told you? They're they're transforming all these plants, getting away from conventional cars, and they're going to start building electric cars. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people would have thought, that's a pipe dream or pie in the sky kind of idea, but it's actually happening for Ford, and it's happening for other companies, um, GM as well. Uh, I think Dodge Chrysler, uh, to varying degrees, all these companies are are, are shifting uh, the the types of cars they're making, the types of jobs they will have at their factories, and the entire supply chain um, in, in, in that industry that uh, has been relatively stable for, for decades, all of a sudden is, is being turned on its head. So this is going to be a significant story for, for, for Canada. I think uh, there's going to be some interesting implications of, of the Biden administration uh, coming uh, coming into power. Uh, Canada, perhaps over the past year and maybe past years, 
has gotten a bit of a head start in in promoting and in uh, in in shifting uh, the industry or providing incentives for the industry to shift, as well as uh, regular regulatory. Uh, systems in place to encourage this shift. But now that the Biden administration is coming to power, I think, you know, there could be some significant uh, shifts in, in, in the lead. Maybe, maybe if Canada does have a bit of a lead uh, in the manufacturing sector on this, perhaps the Biden administration is going to be bringing in some policies uh, that, that allow it to catch up quite rapidly, uh, building on some of the work that, that perhaps some of the states like California have, have started to push for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be quite an interesting year ahead. Interesting. So uh, so one story for 2021 might be the, the lifeline for uh, for Canada's auto sector as it, uh, it finally embarks on, on a fairly enormous transition to producing electric vehicles. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike, what's the second story on your list? Yeah, well, in, in the green economy, there, there's a lot of, I guess, discussion or, or belief that this is about clean technologies and uh, new technologies to, to reduce emissions, to uh, electrify systems, uh, to, to get away from fossil fuels. I think a good part, though, also of the, the green economy or, or cleaning up the economy has to do with, with handling the legacy uh, that that we have left from from fossil fuels, mm-hmm. uh, there are tens of thousands of sites uh, across the country, particularly in the western provinces of Saskatchewan, Alberta, and, and British Columbia, uh, where the the oil and gas industry has left a bunch of uh, sites that are not actively producing oil. One one day in the past or previously they did, but right now they don't. And these are just dotting the landscape in, in these western provinces right now to the point where some of these sites are actually outnumbering the active sites. So if we look at the conventional oil and gas sector in, in Alberta, for example, the number of the total number of inactive sites uh, or orphan sites, it does outnumber the actual well sites that are drilling for oil and gas. I'm not talking about oil sands now, I'm talking about conventional oil and gas. So if we want jobs, the jobs related to this economy, it's it's related to the end of the life cycle for many of these sites. So it's related to the cleanup of a lot of these sites. And yeah, they will create jobs. Yeah, there is going to be uh, desire for more scientific research and jobs. But uh, at some point, uh, someone has to decide who is going to pay for it and whether it's going to be industry or whether it's going to be taxpayers. That's that's really interesting. It makes me reflect on that 20, the year 2020 was really, uh, you know, one of the defining stories was the flight of capital away from uh, from Canada's oil and gas sector. And, and this seems like, you know, the next step in uh, in the evolution of, of Canada's oil and gas uh, legacy, which is, you know, kind of fixing uh, some of the environmental damage that's been done. So, Mike, thanks so much for, for sharing your thoughts uh, about 2021 with us today and appreciate you taking the time. Thanks a lot, Eric. That was Mike D'Souza, Managing Editor and Investigative Journalist at Global News.
My next guest is Priyanka Lloyd. Priyanka is the Executive Director of Green Economy Canada, an organization that works with business, particularly small and medium-sized business, through hubs across Canada to reduce emissions and seize the opportunities of the transition to a green economy. Priyanka, thank you for joining the show. Thanks for having me. So we're trying to identify the big themes and milestones that are coming up for the green economy in 2021. What's on your mind as, as we look at the year ahead? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of great things coming up, but one of the things that's top of mind for me is seeing this uh, legislation that was uh, tabled back in November called Bill C-12. So it's the Net Zero Emissions Accountability Act that basically requires Canada to achieve its 2050 net zero emissions goal uh, and set legally binding five-year targets from 2030 for how we're going to get there. Right. Now, that legislation obviously is meant to put Canada on a long-term trajectory and has long-term implications for the country. What is it that you'd like to see in 2021 uh, related to that legislation? I think the implementation of that legislation will be uh, a great starting point. So it's it's a way to formalize uh, Canada's commitment and, you know, put some accountability pieces in place that ensures that we you know, keep a focus on achieving these net zero, um, this net zero emissions goals. So the fact that it would have something like a, a net zero advisory body, an independent body that is um, created, that would have you know folks from uh, industry, labor, academic experts, really a cross section um, of you know Canada involved in in helping us to get to a net zero emissions future is, is pretty exciting. Um, I think to date, we have viewed climate action efforts in, in a bit of a piecemeal fashion. We've had, you know, incentives around energy retrofits or, or EVs um, without really an overarching sort of commitment or, or goal or focus of how all of these pieces work together and whether we're actually, um, you know, going to achieve the goals that we've set. So uh, I'm pretty excited to see something like this come to pass and to think about how it can um, activate Um, groups that haven't yet been engaged, it can spark innovation and it can help uh, keep a net zero emissions uh, focus top of mind for us as we go forward. Yeah, and I'm I'm interested to to hear your thoughts on on how it can spark innovation. Uh, But before we get to that, maybe I can uh, give you the opportunity to to kind of mention a second big thing that's on your radar for 2021. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, setting goals and targets not new to Canada, we unfortunately have not met a single one that we have set. So I think our aspirations are there, but the follow through has not been to date. Uh, And so something that I'm looking forward to in 2021 is, is really, you know, what is going to be in this uh, March budget. So there were a lot of uh, great commitments, uh, a bit of a roadmap that was charted out through the release of the climate change action plan by the federal government in December. Uh, but the resourcing behind a bunch of these commitments and the speech from the throne fall economic statement and this uh, this action plan still remains to be seen. So um, what is included in the March budget and specifically how we help uh, small and medium sized businesses to build back better and seize the benefits of a green recovery. Um, those are things I'm going to be watching for this year that I'm really interested in. Right. So does the government put uh, put its money where its mouth is uh, with the federal budget, uh, which is expected early uh, or late in the winter or early in the spring? Uh, you, of course, have this very unique lens on uh, small and medium sized businesses in Canada and how they are uh, reacting to this transition to a greener economy. 
um, and how they might benefit uh, or be challenged by a green recovery. What what will you be looking for uh, in some of those budget commitments and and in some of those green recovery commitments in 2021? Yeah, so through our experience at Green Economy Canada, you know, with a network of over 300 businesses that are voluntarily taking action on climate change, we have seen how uh, taking on these kinds of measures to cut their carbon emissions is is good for business. It helps them create a competitive advantage. It helps them recruit and retain top talent, save money, um, create new product and market opportunities. So really, this is, you know, not just a, a nice thing to do, but just from an economic standpoint, if we're serious about getting our economy kickstarted and, uh, you know, finding a way out of the climate crisis, uh, a green recovery is, is critical. Um, I think the challenge of the moment is how we not just look at this as a short-term play of injecting a whole bunch of money to just get, you know, people to do one-off measures, but how we actually think about getting businesses to build back with sustainability at their core. So when we talk about transition, we need to be focused not just on, um, you know, the energy retrofits or the EV, adoption of EVs, but um, how businesses can build their capacity to sustain and understand this work uh, and how they build it into the core of their strategy so that they're going beyond low-hanging fruit to actually think about the kinds of changes, sometimes fundamental business model changes that are needed um, to be able to make it towards a net zero emissions future and actually see the benefits uh, for themselves and for their communities. And I think how we design the programs, how we put the resources to meeting, um, that is the objective to helping businesses transform and build their capacity as opposed to sort of short-term measures is gonna be the real mark of success. Hmm. And, and of the signals that you've seen sent by either the federal or uh, various provincial governments so far, do you feel confident that green recovery measures and and budgets in 2021 are are going to meet those needs of, of SMEs? So I haven't seen much come out so far that specifically targets small and medium-sized businesses. The The climate change plan is, is pretty light on details. I think there's a, a paragraph that focuses specifically on small and medium-sized businesses. So um, I haven't seen it yet. I think it's a gap. Um, I think it's something that needs to be addressed, but um, I'm encouraged by the receptiveness, I think, to uh, to recognizing that, um, you know, if we're serious about economic transformation, small and medium-sized businesses are a powerful lever for economic transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Priyanka, thanks for letting me pick your brain and and for sharing some of your your thoughts about 2021. Thanks so much, Eric. Pleasure to be here. That was Priyanka Lloyd, Executive Director of Green Economy Canada and a member of the editorial board for this podcast. Now, my final guest is Bruce Lowry. Some of us know him as the best-selling co-author of Slow Death by Rubber Duck, which in 2009 exposed some uncomfortable truths about plastic in our everyday lives. Bruce's day job is as president of the Ivy Foundation, a philanthropic organization that has been absolutely instrumental in advancing green economy research and campaigns in Canada for several years. Bruce, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eric. Bruce, we've been talking about the year ahead and what's going to happen in the green economy. What's the number one thing that you think we should be watching out for? I think it's going to be the what's going on south of the border, quite frankly. I think what we're seeing now is um, is a real global consensus on getting to net zero. We saw the federal government's recent uh, net zero legislation. 
And uh, I think now we're just going to see a level of ambition and, and, frankly, a level of investment into these issues that, um, you know, that might, might catch Canada off guard if we don't really get ahead of the curve. One of the, the points that our, when our 2020 end-of-year guests made was that, you know, for the past four years, Canada has been, you know, dragging the U.S. along uh, in a way, or, or at least trying to lead without, without uh, much U.S. pressure. And now there's the chance of the U.S. leapfrogging Canada, and all of a sudden Canada becoming, uh, getting dragged along by the U.S. Is, is that a risk, do you think? Yeah, I think that's definitely a risk. And I think, uh, you know, in in my experience, I think a lot of people were underestimating what was going on in the U.S. Um, by, you know, basically listening to the president as opposed to looking at what uh, many of the state governors were committing to. So if you look at, you know, all up the, you know, the east coast of the U.S., you know, Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, um, you know, tremendous uh, um, commitments to renewable energy and phasing out fossil fuel. And then, of course, there's California, which is a powerhouse, you know, a green economy powerhouse the size of Canada's economy. And um, and they've just been moving ahead at a steady state, uh, regardless of what was going on in Washington. And so, so it's not like they, you know, it's not like there was just some sort of big pause in the U.S. for four years. Um, they've been moving ahead aggressively. And now, with the uh, you know with Biden and and the whole U.S. government and the whole machinery and the uh, you know the R&D and investment and policy machinery in place, I, I think we're just going to see a, a, a rapid, rapid acceleration south of the border. Yeah. Okay, um, Bruce. Last chance uh, to to mention some other big milestones that you think we should be aware of uh, for the green economy in 2021. Anything else on your list? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually say carbon pricing. Uh, you know, I think I think a lot of people were uh, caught a little by surprise with the announcement of the carbon tax going up to $170 a ton in 2030. And of course, that's really what you know what every economist around the world has uh, said is the most efficient way of dealing with uh, climate change. So I think that. Uh, you know, I think we're going to have to see how that gets implemented, what the pushback uh, uh, may be. And then, of course, we're anticipating an election. And we're also anticipating uh, the uh, final ruling of the Supreme Court on uh-huh. the federal carbon tax challenge. So if you weave all of those things together, I think we're going to see between now and the summer uh, a, a really interesting dynamic play out. Where you know one you know one scenario would be the Supreme Court supports the federal government's ability to implement the carbon tax across the country. Um, the federal government is committed to you know a, a very uh, you know I think a, a significant uh, increase and and uh, and ultimately a, you know the right level for the carbon tax. And I think it'll you know if if uh, and then if you know we have an election and the Liberals win again, I think it's really going to put to rest. Uh, this whole idea that a carbon tax is a is a bad policy. If, on the other hand, if the Supreme Court went the other way, if the election went the other way, um, we could see, I would say, a major, uh, you know, a major step back on this, um, which would, you know, frankly, be, you know, not very good for uh, for climate policy in Canada. So that that's probably the big, you know, the one big kind of political thing to be looking out for in 2021. 
Hmm. So a moment of reckoning for for carbon pricing in Canada, um, as you say, because of two two things. One, a Supreme Court ruling, which will really put the matter to rest whether the federal government can do a carbon price. But you also mentioned, of course, a federal election. What what do you think the the chances of are of a federal election in 2021 and of climate and carbon pricing being uh, an important uh, an important factor in that election? I think we're almost certainly going to see an election, and I think we're almost certainly going to see a carbon tax being uh, being a factor in that election, or at least at least climate policy uh, being a factor. So, uh, so I really think it's going to be interesting and uh, and, and something that uh, you know many of us will be watching. Bruce, I think I could probably pick your brain all day long, but uh, but how about we we leave it there? Um, thanks so much for for sharing some thoughts on our first episode of the year 2021. Awesome, my pleasure, Eric. That was Bruce Lowry, president of the Ivy Foundation and a member of the editorial board for this podcast. Well, there you go. We've heard from Mike D'Souza, Priyanka Lloyd, and Bruce Lowry, and already some common themes and milestones emerging, dare I say, even consensus in some cases. We've heard about the ongoing transition in the transportation sector with increasing building and buying of electric vehicles, the ongoing transition in Canada's oil and gas sector, the impacts of the Biden-Harris climate agenda in the U.S., a Supreme Court decision around carbon pricing that will have a fundamental impact on Canada's climate approach, and how federal and provincial government budgets in 2021 will or will not support a green recovery from COVID. Now, there's a lot that's going to happen in the green economy in 2021. So for everything else, uh, I'm calling on my colleague, Mike Moffitt. He's the senior director here at Smart Prosperity Institute. And Mike's got a special New Year's edition of his usual rundown of the other things on his radar. Mike, over to you. What else is on your radar for 2021? Thanks, Eric. Here are the five things I'll be watching this year. Number one, in January, President Biden will be inaugurated. Expect to see the rollout of an ambitious climate agenda, which will present new market opportunities for Canadian cleantech manufacturers and send powerful signals for the green economy globally. Number two, in the spring, federal and provincial governments will be releasing their 2021 budgets. Expect to see a number of climate-related announcements and green economic recovery policies, particularly for budgets which come out after the Supreme Court decision on carbon pricing. Number three, in May, the UN Biodiversity Conference will be held in China. We may see some countries commit to more ambitious conservation targets, along with other nature-based announcements. Canada has already committed to protecting 30% of its land by 2030. Number four, in September, the North American International Auto Show will be held in Detroit. Expect to see multiple automakers introduce new models of electric vehicles at the show. Number five, finally, in November, the 2021 United Nations Climate Change Conference will be held in Glasgow, Scotland. We will likely see some countries setting more ambitious climate targets, along with other climate-related policy announcements that will send powerful market signals for the green economy. I'm Mike Moffat, and those are the five things I will be watching this year. Thank you, Mike. That's Mike Moffat, Senior Director of Policy here at Smart Prosperity Institute. Want to hear more from Mike and SPI's brilliant policy team? Sign up for the SPI newsletter at institute.smartprosperity.ca. 
Well, there you go. Four big picture takes on the year ahead for the green economy. Are you doing some important work in this space in 2021? Keep us posted on it, and maybe we can get you on the podcast sometime. My contact info is at podcast.smartprosperity.ca. And that's it for today's show. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. The next episode is out January 20th, Inauguration Day in the United States, and we've got three U.S. climate experts lined up to help mark the occasion. I hope you'll tune in. Until then.